What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? Hey, today we got a great guest, uh, Tony Michael. Um, and before we get into that, uh, what's going yeah. on with you, Mike? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So the guy's name is Tony Michael. For whatever reason, when uh, we got the the access information, it had it switched. It said Michael Anthony. So for the first half of the episode, we're calling him Michael. But he prefers, which is his name, but he prefers Tony, guys. So when you reach out, it's Tony. But uh, besides that, man, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing well. Um, the Getting ready for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be able to go home and see my family this time around. So thinking Friendsgiving, thinking, you know, just relaxation and things like that. I don't really, oh, and I'm trying to come up with a, uh, with a, um, a recipe for a Thanksgiving festive drink. I know it was a challenge that was set both, both forth before me. I can't speak today, but I, uh, one, one guy recommended peach, uh, peach crown, uh, cream soda and fireball. That didn't even sound right. Don't sound right <laughs> at all. Don't sound right at all. I'm going to try it, though. But, I, I, you know, it's a challenge to see who can come up with the best drink. So, um, yeah, man, I'm going to try that. So anybody who's got some suggestions, let me know before. Think, well, shit, I guess this may not even air before Thanksgiving. But it doesn't matter, guys. If y'all got something, put it in there, man. Let me know. What about you, man? What you got going on? It, it'll. I think this will air in time for Christmas, I believe. So okay, so um, get that Christmas get drink thing. Give me a Christmas drink. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and, go ahead and put the comment down below. <laughs> Let us know what Christmas drink. What's the what's the thing to drink for Christmas this uh this year? I like the uh the, the eggnog and uh, uh I never could egg, do eggnog man eggnog I never and, could um, man what is it eggnog and apple cider no 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 it's eggnog and uh, i want to say like bailey's or something like that maybe i'm oh I'm, oh you're talking okay my bad yeah, you're talking drink. about the eggnog mix yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. just thought you were saying eggnog or and <laughs> no, then like no, something no. else but you like yeah. you like eggnogs I, lo- I fucking love egg bro when this season comes around i, I probably like <laughs> i stock up the fridge <laughs> <laughs> i, I love feel like it's, it's too i feel like it's too milky no. like it's too thick you know what i mean i'm a huge i, I like i'm a huge uh we keep gallons of milk at the house dude i'm a huge <laughs> <laughs> get my chocolate milk my little nest quick on dude i'm yeah. a huge, huge chocolate milk oh, drinker man. interesting yeah, man. learn something about you every day man but yeah what you got going on man yeah nothing much man i'm just at the at the house right now i'm at my uh my parents house <clears throat> in jacksonville hanging out you know it was my niece's birthday uh yesterday went to the skating rink i busted my ass a little bit but uh <laughs> like i think everybody fell at least once but <laughs> i fell i fell i hit my hit my hit my ass and then like bounce like twice twice more i was trying to spin around on like the four wheel skates man it's just unnatural like trying to skate in in like the four wheels so definitely busted my ass but uh it was fun times it's great times man i had a great time with the family i'm still here we'll be heading out a little bit later today and then uh next week is a combatives tournament so i'm looking forward to that and then i will be posting some of those videos so uh look out for that should be should be fun times um yeah but today's guest man uh tony michael Great. I loved everything about this episode, man. If you guys, uh, we dive into almost everything. We had a a long conversation just on like, honestly, relationships and financial freedom, like how you, how those two intertwine, right? Um, And and, and obviously, you know, both of us are in relationships and uh, different, different phases of our relationships and uh, love talking about that. Um, so if you're listening, you know, definitely be stay tuned for that. And then also we talk about hard money lending. We talk about, um, we focus a lot on some of the things to, uh, to avoid when getting to your first deal. We talked about how Tony got burnt on his first, on his second deal, at least, 
Um, and a lot of the lessons, the key lessons learned there, which I think are phenomenal, right? Um, and then we talk about the successes, which he's he's crushing it right now, yeah. absolutely crushing it. So it's good stuff, Mike. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. But so the successes aren't mentioned really towards the end. So if you guys, if you're listening and you need that credibility boost to hear what he's saying, then go ahead and just, you know, stay to the end or fast forward to the end of here. This dude is, is killing it, but we focus on a lot of the failures. And more importantly, in my opinion, is what we focus on with how he was so creative that he got started without ever having to lift the hammer, ever. He was literally the brains behind the operation the whole time. He was like, well, hell, if I put these pieces together, you know, I can solve your problem. Let me go ahead and make, you know, $78,000 real quick on this one deal. It's, it's really amazing. So uh, again, without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are, where you're, where you're from, and what you're doing in the real estate space? Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Um little bit about myself 28 years old um currently stationed down here in fort lauderdale um air station uh, miami on the uh 65 side so aviation and the coast guard um been uh been doing real estate investing for about three years now um probably about two and a half i got a slow start in the beginning just because of a um a bad deal that we'll probably talk about later but um i kind of ate up seven months of my time but um from the beginning, I mean, you know, we were, my wife and I were coming back from vacation, uh, from, uh, North Carolina, a little ski trip that we had going on up there. And, um, we were on our way home and I was like, man, you know, we're, we got a little bit of, uh, change in the bank, you know, a little bit of, a uh, little bit of money to, to work with. Um, the, the thought process was like, you know, what can we do with this money to make it, to make it move? But little did I know that, you know, it could be moved into so many different avenues. There's so many different revenue streams you can create with it. Um, I told her to turn on a podcast, you know, uh, where, where can we move this money to? Let's start getting some ideas. And uh, she put on this stock podcast, um, just about, you know, buying and trading stocks and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, this, this seems kind of one-sided. Like it's super sketchy. I don't really like that. There's no like tangible, um, you know, tangible value to it. Like can't put my hands on it or, you know, increase the value of it if I wanted to. Um, so I was like, nah, that's not for us. And she's like, nah, it's probably not. So she put on, um, she's like, what about real estate? I was like, yeah, try real estate. Um, bigger pockets podcast came on and, uh, man, I think we listened to probably eight and a half, nine hours of bigger pockets podcast on the way home on the road trip home. And, uh, by the end of it, man, we were just so, our minds are just so like blown away with like the different opportunities and the different ways you can get into real estate investing with, you know, almost no money. Right. So, um, started listening to podcasts a little bit more every day on my way to work, picked up a couple of books from the, uh, the show reference, uh, rich dad, poor dad. And that was uh, really a foundational key to, to how we built our success and in, in my companies and stuff today. Um, financial freedoms found at home. Uh, you got to start with your home finances. You got to get that in check. And uh, uh, once that's in mind, then you can 
then you can start taking a little bit more risky calculated risk moves um, towards whatever ventures you want to apply to. Um, so shortly after that, probably, probably eight months went by of just, you know, knowledging up, reading books, listening to podcasts, kind of talking with the wife a little bit. We got our in-house finances in order. We went from saving like four, $400 a month to like $2,000 a month, which was amazing at the time. Um, started talking away a little bit more money. And then, um, I was at work one day and my buddy that I was stationed with prior at the same unit, he went to Puerto Rico and then came back a year later. And, uh, we had just briefly mentioned real estate investing, um, when he was at the unit and I was sitting in the back of the shop one day and I was listening to the bigger pockets podcast and he walks by and he's like, Hey man, you, you know, I listen to that podcast all the time. And I, I, I flip homes and stuff. And I was like, I was like, no way, man. Like that's exactly the, you know, what I want to get into, you know, this is, this is great. Like let's, let's link up, let's grab a beer, let's talk about it and uh, see how we can work together. And I think it was probably about a month and a half later, we had, um, we had our first property under contract. Um, I came in as a gap funder for the hard money loan. So I put the down payment on the property for your audience that doesn't know what gap funding means. Um, so I basically brought the, the, the down payment to the property and then we split equity 50-50. Um, it was the easiest 100% return I've ever had in my life. I made 15 grand off my 15 grand in a little under 60 days. And uh, it was phenomenal, man. The, the light bulb started going off like crazy. And that's kind of what got me to the point that I'm at now. Yeah, we're going to talk. Yeah, I, I love that. We're, we have to hit on the fact that you got creative in the structuring of being able to only provide gap funding to a to a you know seasoned investor. So that lets you just slide right in to get your first experience. But before we do that, man, you said something that baffled me did you say that you were stationed in miami yeah mm -hmm. I, I went back a little bit i'm so sorry you're active duty coast guard yeah yeah been in for nine years where the hell was that on the uh, recruitment <laughs> brochure man <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's you know surprises are good right <laughs> yeah i had awesome. no idea uh the coast guard actually would get stationed in large well, and i understand that they're port cities like that but if you don't mind, just because we don't have too many, and hell, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I don't think we have too many of our audience uh, members in the Coast Guard very specifically, or that have been guests for us to know about this. But just name a few other like major station areas, I guess, that are popular for, for Coast Guard. Yeah, I mean, just in Florida, you have Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Clearwater, uh, Pensacola. Those are kind of the bigger hotspots. And then obviously you have almost every major city in every state, um, any, anything that borders water and even inland because we service rivers and stuff. Um, we're, we're, there's more, there's more Coast Guard stations than you would think. There's, is, there's a ton of, a ton is, out there. Is Houston one of them? Houston is one of them. Yep. There's, there's an air station in Houston. Do you get a, do you get a choice of, is it just like the regular military where you don't get, yes. a, you don't get a choice? Okay. All right. Well, you kind of do. So, um, Atlantic city, uh, New Jersey was where I was stationed at last time. It was considered an arduous duty unit. It was only, uh, I think it was a four-year tour, but you got a better priority coming out of it. Um, okay. so I put pretty much every Florida unit that I could on the, cause we wanted to get back home. I'm originally from West Palm and my wife's from Homestead. Um, and my first duty station was in Key West for two and a half years. Um, so we, we put, yeah, but I wasn't, I was 19, man. So I couldn't. I couldn't get into right. the, into the weeds. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we put up, we put up every unit that we could down here 
and I was slipping in, in Clearwater at the time um, when we when we were putting our picks in. And I really wanted Clearwater because I wanted to be there with my projects, create the content, you know, get more involved with what I'm doing. But I'm I'm humbly blessed, <clears throat> excuse me, with what I've built. And um, I don't think I would have done it differently, man, to be honest with you. So, yeah. yeah. I got a question for you. So you said uh, uh, financial freedom is found at home. And I like the way you put that. And I'm not sure if that was, you know, your quote or you, you got that from someone else, but I really like that. You know, personal finance is personal finance. But you also mentioned you have a wife, right? So yes. how do those two combine, right? I mean, I, I know you kind of told the story like, hey, thought about stocks and then figure out, you know, we don't want to do stocks, but just the the awareness as a couple understanding like, hey, we want to get to final uh, financial freedom. Where did that come from? And, and like, how did that conversation go? We got a lot of audience members that are in relationships or they're going to get in relationships, right? Um, talk. Can you talk to some of those service members? Yeah. So I, I think what really kind of tied my wife into the whole thing, because she's not really interested in doing real estate. Um, she has her own career. She's a dean of curriculum at a, one of the top rated charter schools in the area. Um, she's she saw my passion in my drive for um, real estate and saving money and creating multiple revenue streams and stuff like that. So she was on board with whatever. She's not a, um, a materialistic person. Um, her house burnt down when she was a teenager and she lost everything. So she, she knows that family and family memories mean the most um, tangible items are just, you know, cover-ups, if you will, um, in our eyes, that's our opinion. Um, but when she saw me and how and how dedicated I was to to trying to get into real estate, she was 100% on board. We started with subscription basis, so like we had a we had a ton of like you know little miscellaneous subscriptions that we that we had for you know five, eight, twelve dollars a pop a month, and they add they add up. And then um, cutting down eating out, um, and then uh, just having a, a nest egg, right? Because. Um, money problems is, is one of the worst stress you can have. And if you can take that off of a family along with other, you know, when, when that combines with all of life's burdens, <clears throat> it can become very stressful in the house and you take it out on each other and it's just, it's not good. So if you can solve the money issue at home, um, that relieves a lot of stress in the family. And I think that's what she saw once, um, once we actually started saving a lot more money and, and creating revenue streams and stuff like that. So I think that's, it's super key for any family to, to, to have a, a good financial nest egg to, to rely on. Yeah, man, especially, um, I, I see that a lot with families, right? Uh, sometimes usually, you know, one spouse is like, yeah, I'm all about it. You know, I'm trying to increase revenue, do real estate, do this, do this. And the other, uh, other spouse is like, ah, whatever, dude, like I'm, I'm just along, you know, kind of yeah. for the ride. And yeah. I'm not saying that was your situation, but, uh, I, I guess where I was going with it is, um, I like that, uh, well, in, in that relationship, I think the, the key thing is to start off with a conversation and then also, and then after that fix what you have at home before you're like, Hey, I want to start going investing and doing this and doing that and doing this, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh, kind of fix that at home. So I really like that, you know, financial freedom is found at home. I think that's the foundational step, oh, yeah. right? The conversation and then actually fixing, you know, getting on your budget and kind of getting some of those things. Just like you said, a billion little $15 uh, subscriptions, those things add up. So kind of and fix have, what you got at home before you move. Yeah. I have a, another little tool for your audience. So I call it the 24 hour rule. If you're, if you're on Amazon or Walmart or, you know, you're, you're looking to buy something online, throw it in your cart, wait 24 hours 
and then see if you still actually need the product. If you, if it's a need and not a want, and you have, you have the money for it, then you can buy it. But I think a lot of people, most people are, are impulse buyers, especially when it's under a certain dollar amount. Um, oh, I need a, a, you know, whatever material item or whatever you need just to, to kind of satisfy like, oh, I just got this new, whatever, lawnmower or whatever, but the old one works fine. Why would you buy a new lawnmower or whatever? Uh, that's probably a poor excuse, but <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I got a, I got a question for both of y'all then, because, you know, we talk about having these conversations with spouses all the time, but there's a lot of people who are, you know, still dating or just going out there. When did you guys have the conversation with your wives? Because that's a little bit different than somebody, you know, having financial conversations, you know, on a dating side of the house. Or did you guys already talk about finances when you guys started dating? This is just a question for both of y'all. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, if you don't mind, um, my wife and I already, already had the vision of like owning our own home and, and building, you know, you know, our own family, you know, like our own asset, do whatever we want interior design. We could do whatever we want in the backyard. Um, and we were already paying so much in rent. So when, when all this hit, we were, we were still renting when we were doing all this research and stuff. And I told her, I was like, listen, for us to, to, to have what we want, which was an aligned interest with my spouse, um, we have to figure out how we can save money to, to save up for, you know, the closing costs on a VA loan or whatever. So, so she you was got, like, so, but this, this wasn't your first financial conversation with your wife or was yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One, wow. one of, one of, we, right, right. there was, there was a, there was a initial implementation of like, you know, saving money. Like we knew yeah. together, like, Hey, we're, we're eating out a little bit too much or, Hey, we don't need to take the trip to wherever, you know what I mean? So that was right. an aligned interest. And we already talked about that, but the big step that we had was when we, we actually wanted to buy an asset, which is our first house that we bought with a VA loan. That was the, that was the kicker it was like, okay, we're doing really good at saving money, but let's save even more and then build alternate revenue streams too. So we can save even more money. Um, and that was, that was the one that projected us. That's awesome. Mine's, mine's, I guess, a little bit different. Just um, my uh, my wife and I, when we were dating, we were having those conversations. I mean, I, at first, the very first conversation that we had that really linked us together was an, was a conversation about just our ambitions, right? And then um, this is, again, when we, when we first started dating. Um, and then when it was time to move in, we started really having, when it was time to live together, we, we lived together before we actually got married. Um, so when, was, when we actually moved in together, then we had those deliberate conversations um, about like, hey, what is your financing, the budgeting side of the house, right? Like, uh, so we understood each other's um, uh, financial situations before moving in with each other, right? Um, and then after that, for I think we lived together for another year or so like that, or for a year or so, and then we got married. And then it just progressed as we progressed in our relationships, if that if, if that makes sense. So yeah, the more yeah. we had more serious conversations as we progressed in our relationships. By the time it was time to get married, we already knew our financial situa situations. We already knew where we wanted to take this financially. We already knew, you know, uh, a lot of things uh, about what we're doing now. And, you know, it's kind of cool because those conversations that we had, I've been married for like nine and a half years. Those conversations we've had, like, back when we were dating, you know, um, a lot of that stuff is coming to fruition, like, you know, my wife being a JAG attorney and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. So just start off early. That's, that's the only thing I would uh, recommend to any of our listeners that are uh, in that situation. Yeah. Cause I mean, for all, to all the single soldiers out there it, in my mind, and I've experienced this too, it's, 
you know, uh, to, to Michael's point, they built it, they discovered it and built it together. That's a whole different story than if you're already in the mindset of financial freedom now before you meet somebody, because now that's a whole conversation. You got to make sure that they can support that, you know, uh, or they will support it because otherwise it's just going to be stressful. Yeah, but here's, here, here's another thing, just to touch on that real quick. Um, financial education isn't taught in schools, right? And unless you have foundational principles from the family that you're raised in, most people that are, are of marrying age and are going through the ranks, getting up to that point, aren't thinking about their finances moving forward. They're, they're short-term thinkers as far as you know income and stuff. A lot of people are okay with living paycheck to paycheck. It's just simply not okay. If that's the lifestyle you want to lead and you don't have aspirations to become something bigger, then that's fine. You know, everyone has their own, their own lifestyle, but I think it's financial education based too. And, um, it, it's, it's funny. We're talking about this because my wife just got an email from, um, I, like the school board or whatever they're implementing, uh, financial education services in the middle school and high school now. And is that only because, because you said charter school, is it because it's a charter school and they don't have like to adhere to like the Florida curriculum or is that, I know we're kind of getting way off topic of real estate. Yeah, I know, man. Guys, I'm sorry. You know? I just <laughs> no, no, no. It's all, it's all good, but I like it, but, but go ahead. I, I think so. Um, okay. I think they still operate on the, the, the foundational principles of what Florida education wants from the public standard, but they're able to kind of do what they want, their own little spin on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then kind of pitch it that way. So, okay. All right. Let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah, that's excellent. Oh, man. I, I, lo yeah. I love this conversation. Uh, if you guys are listening out there and you're like, man, where's the real estate stuff? Hey, this is extremely important because at some point you're going to get in a relationship in your life, man. Like, or you might already be in a relationship. And just like Michael said, man, I, I think you're hundred percent spot on with that. Unless you found it, you found financial freedom or found like a financial awareness prior to going into a relationship. The chance, the likely chances are that you are discovering it together. It's one spouse trying to basically educate the other and then you guys are growing together and then building that legacy so understand yeah. that like whoever you wherever you are in your in your 
um, relationship situation, right? Um, just understand that you guys can be building together or if you don't know it, all right, it's time to build, right? If this is your first time kind of being exposed to it, then hey man, take that and uh, start having those conversations with your significant other. Because just like Michael said, man, both Mike said, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, the freaking um, uh, money problems is like the number one cause of, of relationship disaster. That's like fact. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, man, take that, take, take heed. <laughs> so we're, what we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to start a dating service yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for the financially free. <laughs> yeah. For the financially savvy. Yeah. All right, man. So, so let's, let's kind of revert it back to this deal, man. So I want you to kind I mean, so for the audience, let's break it down piece by piece right here, but you essentially provided gap funding, which allowed you to come in for very little capital and then get 50% of the deal. So walk yeah. us through it a little bit. And if you don't mind, just explain some of the things as you're going like gap funding and, and you know, uh, how you structured the 50-50 with whatever paperwork or whatever you did. Yeah. So I think, and you kind of touched on it just right there. One of the basic rules of real estate is to protect your, your, your investment legally. Right. So I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, legal zoom or lawyer, or whatever. I'm just going to download this thing and not have it checked by a lawyer. I mean, short story, I lost six grand on my second deal on a shady business partner because he, you know, had me wire funds before we even have a promissory note in place. And then the promissory note we had in place is written on a napkin, uh, which, you know, isn't, isn't the best thing. And then when I, and then when, when I went after him and I was like, Hey, you know, you owe me money. I went and tried to hire a lawyer and it was a $5,000 retainer. And I was like, that's 95% of the money that was owed to me. So, um, that's one. So we had a legal partnership in place, looked at by a lawyer, um, made sure that the, the document was, you know, um, in both parties interest. And then, um, the second portion of that was actually acquiring the deal. So they had found the deal. His wife was a realtor in the area. So she found it. Is it a pre-MLS listing? We just came in with the hard money cash. And then um, the second piece to that was the, the document was written like, hey, you're going to come in with your 15 grand to gap fund a loan. And then you're also going to help me, you know, kind of most, like push the project along. I, you know, after work, you're going to go over there, make sure the workers are working, make sure we're on time schedules. People are getting paid. There's no, you know, screwed up uh, paint or trim, trim jobs or whatever. Um, and then the last piece to that was the exit, right? So making sure that, um, the, the, uh, promissory note was in place. Right. And then also making sure that you have a JV agreement that you can file with the title company. So they know what your split is at the end. Um, cause people can walk out on you and a promissory note disappear and then good luck, you know, and if, especially if it's for such a low amount, it, it would generally take you more money to go after the person than the money that you're owed anyways. So um, those are like probably the, the, the couple pieces that, um, that I learned that I had to have in place for my deals. Yeah, that, I think that, uh, that's excellent insight, right? Um, for the people that are, that are, that might consider this, right? What's the bad, what's the repercussion? Let's say, you know, in the 50, we, we kind of heard what, what happened with the six, $6,000 deal, but you didn't have a, you didn't have a, an actual agreement written up. Yeah. What would have happened if the deal went bad on the, on the, uh, the 15th, the one that you did the gap funding funding for with the 15 G's, um, what would have happened if the deal went south in that uh, in that particular circumstance because you had an actual legal document written? 
Yeah, I could file that with the court um, and then and actually take legal action. Because when I called the lawyer about the $6,000 loss, he's like, well, what do you have? Like, what kind of supporting documentation do you have? And I was like, well, I got a kind of a three-line promissory note that doesn't really state the specific amount that I, I wired to him. And he's like, listen, man, we can try, but it's probably not going to, probably not going to end well. And I need a $5,000 retainer to get to work. Um, when you actually have a supporting document that states and outlines the relationship and the money owed and the money put in, then you have a lot more foundation to build upon to go after the person. And then this, the second part of that is just don't go into business with people you don't know. Make sure you're vetting people well. I don't, I don't do business with felony or felons. I just don't. Um, that was one of the things that this guy was. He was, you know, 11 felonies for all kinds of stuff. Because once, once, I, once I got screwed over, I started digging. I want to know who this guy is, where he lives, what asset he owns. And I found his criminal record. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Why what, would I? How'd you find his criminal? Just out of curiosity, like what platforms or whatever did you, did you use for a background search? Freaking Petty Officer Google. Yep. That's it, man. I, I took, I had a uh, photo. Make sure you can photocopy uh, of, of the people ID. you go into business with their IDs. Yeah. So I, I looked him up. I looked his address up. I, I you know, kind of cross-referenced that with the owner. He didn't actually own the property. Some other uh, person did. He was renting from. And then I did a, a public a public search I paid for. It was like five bucks or something like that, a criminal record search. And it gave me the whole report for everything that he'd done. It was like 11 misdemeanors and like seven felonies or something like that. So had I done that prior, I would have never even went and met this guy. Because, dude, when I met this guy, he could sell you anything. It, even it, dude. Yeah, now, now you got to talk about the deal right now. Because the, gold, the golden tongue. Yeah. <laughs> this is an extreme learning lesson. Uh, everybody comes on. We always talk about our successes, talk about our successes, talk about I our successes, it. right? But now let, let's let's give uh, some some true like no crap, like, hey, this is some experience knowledge, right? Of, of yeah. a, a, essentially a failure, right? Because I think we learn more from failures than we do successes most times, right? So absolutely. You, the learning the, the, the learning points are in failures, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and to touch on that, just real quick, I paid $6,000 for a college degree of protecting my ass legally. Yeah. That's it, man. And, 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 and I'll never lose money again on a legal transaction, right? Yeah. And I know people that are my business partners, my, my business partner I flip with in Florida, he lost 1.3 million. Mm. I'd rather take six grand than 1.3 million any yeah. freaking day, man. So I'm glad it happened early on in the career. And then that set me up for the rest of the, 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 you know, the deals that I'm doing now, but to touch on the deal, um, I was on Craigslist just looking for, I knew I had to get into real estate somehow after, after doing that flip with him, I said, man, you know, let's try to find another flip. And he's like, oh, you know, the market's really crazy right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, all right, well, I'll just do it myself. So I got on Craigslist and there was a portion of the Bigger Pockets podcast where like, oh, you can, you can, you know, look for properties for rent on Craigslist and then offer them a cash offer to get out of it. Because if they're vacant, they're probably, you know, frustrated that it's vacant and it's probably not performing well anyway. So you, you can generally buy properties from people that are, that are, that are listing on there. Um, so I got on Craigslist. I found this duplex right outside of Delaware which when I was stationed in New Jersey, we used to do deployments to um, uh, DC. So it was relatively close. And I was like, man, I could take the van one day, the GV and just, you know, ride out there and look at this property. If it's, if it's a, a deal, um, called the guy up 
he, he sent me pictures of the inside and needed a ton of work. And I'm like, nah, just, this isn't a deal for me. I'm not going to do an out-of-state project. I have no resources here. Just not going to happen. I was like, he's like, well, you can get into a different deal with me and I have all the resources for you. Um, I just need a, you know, a capital investment to, to help fund the rehab and I'll give you, you know, whatever return on your money. I was like, okay. So I said, listen, if you're serious, um, come meet me. So he drove from North Carolina to, um, or North Carolina. I, I forget where he was. It was like a three hour drive for him. He came and met me wh- while I was deployed in, um, in DC. And I sat down with him at a, a burger shop, just, you know, talked about the project um, his credentials, like how many deals he's done. Um, he showed me, you know, all the promissory notes from all the people that he's done deals with. And that was like a short, like a short vetting process. I didn't know I had to go deeper than that. I thought I was covering my bases. Um, long story short, cause I know we're short on time. I put six grand in a deal to fund a, a rehab. He sent me pictures of the rehab being done over the course of six months. And the, the, it was a lease to buy option. Um, so they were putting a, a bad credit person into the property, making them sign a lease with like a five or $10,000 investment up front. They were renting it for, uh, you know, five to 10% over market rent. So they're collecting on that over the mortgage actually. Um, and then they were getting an exit balloon when their credit was good, uh, to, to, to apply for a regular loan. Um, so it took about six, seven months for that to happen. And man, I was so excited the day that we were closing um, it was a weekend. No, it was Friday. And I think my wife and I had some sort of couple of days off or whatever. So we took down, took off down to Clearwater just to check it out. Um, and, uh, we were in, we were, we were on the water having dinner, popping champagne. I was like, man, we just made all this money. Let's go. We're eating freaking lobster and shit. And, uh, we we're supposed to close at one, two rolls around, three rolls around. No text message, no calls, didn't answer any of my texts. Four rolls around. Um, he texts me, he's like, hey, uh, title companies have an issue closing the deal. The wires will go out. Just be patient. I was like, okay. So we're walking back to our vehicle at this point. Five o'clock rolls around. I'm like, well, title companies are closed and it's Friday. So I probably won't get paid out till Monday. Monday rolls around. The guy never answered me back. And still to this day, I've never, never heard from him again. And then, and, and then I, and then I cross-referenced his Facebook profile and got in touch with his sister. And she said he was in some kind of airplane crash in, in, in Texas. And he was on life support the day after I was supposed to get my money. I'm like, get the hell out of here, dude. I knew I was burned at that point. I, I, I was so frustrated with myself because I wanted to do this so I could prove to my wife that I was going to put us in a good position and I wasn't going to screw up. And when it screwed up, I was like, dude, I have no leverage at home at home now. <clears throat> so I was sleeping outside for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so this, yeah. this is a, that was the deal, great, man. This is a great example, man. This is a great example of, of the lessons learned the hard way because so many people, I have so many people come up and say, hey, look, I can do this deal right now. Very similar to how you were. I can do this deal right now because they have this and all they need is this. And it's like, yeah, but do you know them? Well, no, but I mean, they, they hit me up. It's like, man, there's so many scammers out there, guys. Oh, my God. I've, I've been gypped before. Dan's been gypped before on contractors. Got, it happens. But again, it's, part, it's, it's paying your tuition. You know, it's paying your tuition to learning. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm curious for, for you, Mike, were you burned on your second deal or, or were you burned? Like when were you burned? What deal was it that you were burned on? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Man, I've been burned on the beginning deals. I've been burned on um, wholesale deals where I've yeah. tried to get assignment fees from other wholesalers burned that way. I've been burned recently on a dude who said, yeah, they'll provide me private money. Right. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he was like, but it costs points up front. I'm like, yeah, no, no issues. We got everything. Paperwork was filled out. And I went uh, to deliver the points and he would never send back the paper. So thankfully the wire didn't go through, but I almost paid this dude two points and he was, he wasn't going to fund me. Right. Like he, he had no intention to fund me. So it happens, man. It happens to the best of us, right? The reason That's I asked that, man. the reason I asked that is because like, as you were talking and as you were saying like, hey, your first deal went so well, <laughs> like I, I recognize there, there might be a reason why it's your second deal. Cause my second deal is the one I got burned in. And it was because my first deal was so awesome. And it sounds like that might've been like kind of the, your situation is, as well. Your first deal was so awesome. And you're like, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. We start to overlook just those yep. little small things, right? And that's exactly what happened to me, man. So um, now I was just curious if, if maybe that was the same thing in your case, Mike, cause um, you know, all those out there, if your first deal goes super, super well, don't get, you know, don't let that- uh, Don't get starstruck, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you still dig in and do those details. So that's yeah. yeah. I want to ask you about the actual, so I've been writing down these things for you, but when you screen a partner, what, what are the exact things that you do? So I got photocopy ID, search their criminal record, um, see their track record, their pro professional track record. What else yep. do you do? Um, money. I want to know that they're making money. Um, and so what do you, what do you request for? Like a so I, law statement or? Yeah, a P&L or bank statements. I, I just want to see that they're, they're making money. Because when I come to the table, I bring my money. And they want to see my cards. That's generally how it works, right? Um, I don't know how much time we have left, but Yo, to... no, no. Hey, don't worry about the time, man. We get no, okay. Yeah, this is this is some gold right here. So go okay, ahead. perfect. <laughs> so when I messaged my current business partner, I found him on a Facebook group. Um, glutton for punishment, right? I, I got burned on Craigslist. Now I try Facebook. Facebook's got to be more reputable, right? Um, so I, I went to. Um, South Florida Real Estate Investors Network or whatever. This gentleman had posted in there, hey, I'm looking for private uh, equity or private capital investors, 250K plus, done over 400 flips, yada, yada, yada. I was like, dude, like 400 flips? Even to this day, knowing what I know now and see, you know, my network and how many people I've talked to, that is a insane amount of deals. And I was like, dude, this almost... It, it was one of those things where like, is this true? I got to, I got to find out. So I messaged the guy. I said, Hey man, um, I don't have the 50 K, but I, I'm sure I can come up with the money somehow. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I didn't really pitch myself well and he didn't respond. I was like, damn, two weeks later. And this is when I was starting to learn about hard money lending, which is what I do now. That's the secondary, uh, uh, business. Um, this is what I was learning about hard money uh, lending. And I was like, man, we used hard money on the first flip we did. Why can't I just use hard money to flip homes with this guy? I have 50, you know, I think it was like 40 or 50 grand I had at the time. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll just do what I did with them and just provide the financial uh, service for him. So I messaged him back and I played the military card, man. I said, hey, listen, I'm stationed in uh, New Jersey. I'm looking to try to, you know, start building my wealth and get into real estate. I've done one deal. I have the money to do 
uh, you know, hard money lending for the, whatever properties you need. He's like, call me, send me his number. I was like, okay, I'm at work. I was like, I shot into the back room. I closed the door. I was like, Hey, this is Anthony. And he's like, so you think you can do hard money, right? I was like, yep. He's like, all right, fly down and meet me. I was like, I don't even know what this guy looks like, dude. I don't even know what this guy, I didn't even know what he'd look like. I didn't even know his name. I knew, knew whatever name he put on Facebook, which could be anything. Um, so I flew down to met him <laughs> uh, about two weeks later. And um, I pulled up to this, this used car lot, kind of ranky, like shaky kind of, it just was disorganized. I'm like, God, oh, this isn't a good start, man. I'm not liking this. I walk into this like little shack, this concrete shack, with, like half a roof on it. And I open up the door and it was like, a, it was a lower than usual ceiling height. I think it was like seven foot ceilings. And it, I just felt like super, like I was already stressed and, you know, nervous. And I felt like super confined when I went in there and I was like, dude, I just, I just walk out. Like, I, I don't think this is for me. And as I'm like turning, I see this gentleman sitting in the corner and it, the office is not well lit at all, by the way. I see this gentleman sitting in the corner and I was like, uh, I'm, I'm looking for Neil. And he's like, oh, I'm Neil. And he, he like abruptly gets out of his chair and like puts his hand out. And at that time I was like, dude, do I run or do I shake this guy's hand? Like I'm not, and he's, he's a pretty big guy. Sorry, shook his hand. <laughs> and he's like, hey, come here, sit down. I want to show you something. He had a filing cabinet right next to his desk with two drawers, all HUDs, every single, it was like five, four or 500 of them. And he's like, you know what a HUD is? And I'm like, yeah, acting like I knew. I didn't know what the hell a HUD was. <laughs> I've only ever seen one. Um, started handing me all these HUDs. He's like, oh, this is this property. We sold this one, we made this profit. Look at the bottom. You can see cash, cash to seller, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and look at my screen. And he had two screens up and he had his bank accounts opened up and just like 300, 400, 200, 300, 400, all in each account. I'm like, Oh my God, like this guy is, I just shook hands with a millionaire. It's the first time ever. This guy is crushing it. And I want to be a part of this. He's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's jump in the car. Let's go check out some of my projects. They're pretty close by. And he's like, you drive. And I was like, all right, here's where I die. <laughs> he's going to take me down some back alleys. Boys are going to jump me, take my watch, whatever. I'm screwed. I got in the car. And we drove to a, a project. <laughs> uh, to your audience, do not do what I did, please. Or if you do, have somebody with you or an SOS tracker or something. Let somebody know where you're going. Don't do what I did. It was stupid. I was young. It was, it was stupid. It worked out, thank God. But So we went to a bunch of his projects, seven or eight properties in the area, all in different phases of the flips and stuff. And uh, one was under rehab, one was finished, all these other projects. And I'm like, this isn't, this is, I, I felt so much excitement. I was like, dude, this is, this is what I want, man. I don't want to, you know, do scheduled maintenance on an aircraft anymore. I want to go flip homes and put my touch on it and build wealth and make crazy money. Like, that's what I want to do. And um, on our way back to his office, he said, so what do you think? You want to partner up? I was like, yeah. He's like 35, 65 equities, equity share. And I was like, shark tank, would you do 40? And he's like, nope. I was like, 
35 works. <laughs> a month after we did our first deal, we made uh, $78,000 on our property. Uh, that is such a fantastic story, bro. I love that. I absolutely love that. But I, especially the part you're like, yeah, uh, shady, shady, shady. I did it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you oh, gave the wrong man. message to the audience, man. Now everybody's out there and be like, hey, he offered candy and I'm getting in the van. That's what's going to happen <laughs> from now on. Yep. But, uh, but I, I wanted, so, I mean, this right here is beautiful. When you say that you offer hard money and they have the team, is that essentially just your credit and your relationship? You do the application process yep. and then he basically see, see right I there. Told, right? I, I told him, I said, listen, I'm not doing, and this is when I was a little bit more educated, especially yeah. in a legal stance, is I talked to so many lawyers at that point. They're like, where are you on the HUD? Did you own the property? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, well, you, you have nothing. And I'm like, okay, the next property I do, I'm going to be on the HUD. I will own that property. So I started an LLC. And my LLC was the one that's purchasing the property. My LLC was, is what, what had the debt on it. Um, so I had like a physical, I knew that if he screwed me over in any, any way, I still own the property. Oh, is he, is he not in the LLC? No. Even smarter. I like it. Yeah, I assuming, like it. I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming a uh, lean release waivers were your friend in that situation because just like you're talking about, right? You can own the property, but if you have someone actually doing the flip, uh, the actual flip, the hard work to it, they can go and put a lien on your property. Did you protect yourself in that in that way? So I didn't know about that at the time. And what we did was we structured a, J a JV agreement and it's specifically party A, party B, like um, went through the details of what each party was bringing to the table, right? I was a financier. I was bringing the capital. I was closing the investment. I was, uh, you know, responsible for the debt on the property, et cetera. Right. And then he was the person that was going to do the, the, the project, manage it, basically project manage. Um, he already had the teams in place and then he would then sell the property. And then we would, we would split 35, 65 at closing. He to protect his investment held a note for the mortgage of the property that I signed in case I screwed him over, he could file it with the title company. And if I ever sold that property, he would get his money from the, the profit from the property, or if there was no profit to come out of my pocket. So there was a, he's, and this, this gentleman is probably one of the smartest, he, he's just like us, right? But if you start nailing him with terms and, and different, like different items, you can see how quick he is to know what you're talking about and then offer advice on a better way. Like he's super smart. And that's what- Let me ask you this. Why, why, did, why did he need your hard money? He, so he does flips with his own cash, right? He does about eight to 10 projects every quarter with his own money. And then he reinvests his money and buys commercial real estate, right? Okay. He's bringing on, he has 30 flips going on right now with investor money, private capital. So for him- he had the crews and everything to scale, but it was a, it was a, it was a financing portion. Right. And he doesn't like, he doesn't like debt. He buys everything cash. So he didn't want to use hard money himself. So he brings in other people. It gives them the same, uh, you know, um, setup that I have with the LLC owning the property and, you know, funding everything. And he's able to exponentially scale his pro his, his company based on how many properties he can acquire. So it, it's, a, it's a win-win, man. 
It's a win-win for everybody. And, and yeah. I try to, you know, for the audience there, that's how you win negotiations. You have to make sure it's a win-win. Fuck all the, the FBI stuff that you've been taught and having a BATNA and all that stuff. Guys, if everybody wins, everybody wins. You're going to get the deal nine times out of 10. And I love how this is an example for anybody who just has good credit and a little bit of money saved up and they're looking for a way to get started, but don't have the time to learn flipping inside and out or don't have the time to learn wholesaling inside and out. You can partner with an operator. Bam. Absolutely. And for me, that I consider myself super lucky, but I think that because I took time to build my knowledge up in the beginning and, and get the right head and the right mentality and know the right terms and stuff, um, I was able to see opportunity when it presented itself. Nobody told me to reach out to this guy on, on Instagram or Facebook. He wasn't even asking. He, he was asking for something I couldn't provide. But I, I took the, I took the, the, the step to, to introduce myself and see if there was any way I could work with him. And he brought me on. So now we've done 12 flips together and, and over the course of like two years. And we're, we're going to do about 20 flips next year. Um, our average profit is anywhere from 80 to 140,000 per property. And that's net. So on a 35, 65 split, dude, it's, it's fantastic. And all I do is Does I, he need I, more hard money. <laughs> I'm a hard money lender, bro. There we go. Does he need more? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, awesome. it's, it's been great, man. And then, and then me getting into the whole hard money thing has been, I think I've closed probably $40 million in hard money transactions in the last two years. And what was a little side hustle, because I remember closing my first deal with hard money. I was in Italy on vacation with my wife. I got a message on Facebook. Hey, your deal's closed. Your $383 check is in the mail to your house. Money. I turned around to my wife. I was like, dude, we just made $400 while sipping margaritas in Italy on the beach. Like this is, this is insane. I want to scale this. Let, and let's I talk about that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. So, so to touch on how I got into hard money, um, I was in New Jersey when I was stationed in New Jersey in that rental that we were kind of, my wife and I were kind of bitching about, um, cause they raised rent on us 150 bucks. And we were like, dude, like we're paying almost $2,000 a month. We can go get a mortgage for 1400 and have our own house. That's what prompted that. So I, I was taking my trash out one day early when we started running from them and it was like midday. I just got home from work, like two, three o'clock, whatever. And this guy's outside smoking a cigar with a shirt off, watering his garden and, and had a, had a Bluetooth headset on. And he, he looked over and waved at me. He's like, howdy neighbor. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm Tony. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> just being nosy. Like, what the hell are you doing, bro? This is a kind of a weird sight. And he's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a lender. I'm like, okay, cool. For like, what do you lend on? Like, He's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a hard money lender for real estate. And a dude, though, I couldn't even build a light bulb big enough to fulfill. Like, I was just like, I just learned about hard money. I just did a deal with hard money. I'm looking for a hard money lender. How do I talk to this guy? How do I get involved? How do I learn what he's doing? So I, I said, after like an hour conversation, I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm really interested in learning about what you do and potentially just working with you to, to help close deals. Cause I have an entrepreneur background from my parents. They own a furniture store when I was growing up. And I, I know the, the sales communication that you have with your clients and how to close deals and stuff just from them. Um, so I went over there a couple of Fridays a month and 
I took the calls. I, I negotiated the terms. He made, he let me do everything. It was, it was fantastic, man. And then I kind of learned a little bit about the back end, and I took that knowledge and, um, I held on to it for a while. I didn't know what to do with it because I was moving. I I moved, I, we, we bought a, um, a a foreclosure with our VA loan, uh, in the next city over. So I wasn't around him anymore, but I still kept kept up with him and met up with him and asked him like, Hey, if I could help, let me know. He's like, well, I'm not, I'm just not scaled that much, but I I will keep you in mind. And, um, I kind of just held on to that knowledge for a little while. And in our first slip, um, with my business partner in Clearwater, um, was with the lender that I currently work with or for rather, um, as a 1099 contractor, I'm a private marketing consultant for the company. And on my way home from work, he was funding my deal. And I was like, dude, I have the knowledge of hard money. I noticed that this lender wasn't on bigger pockets. I'm like, maybe I can bring them value and, and, and get them on bigger pockets. Right. So I can, I can create another lead jet funnel for them and, and start bringing some more deals to them and provide value. So I said, you know what, I'm going to call him today after work. I pulled up on my driveway. I called the guy. I said, Hey, listen, um, I'd like to join the team. I'd like to, I'd like to bring you to bigger pockets and, 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 and bring you more, more clients. But, and here's where my big boy pants came on. I want $1,700 a month in a marketing salary. And I want a half a percent commission on the, on the total loan amount of every deal that I close from bigger pockets. He said, done. And I was like, damn, I should ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been with that same lender for two and a half years. We're now the number one rated hard money lender on bigger pockets across the entire platform, which is insane. And then um, we've closed about $40 million in loans together. So it, it turned from a very, very small paycheck to some of the best months we had, not to gloat or anything, been 20, 25, $30,000 months just in hard money. It's on par with how much, you know, um, flipping income could, could be too, right? So it turned from very, very small niche side hustle to an actual replaceable income for, for the Coast Guard. And that was, that was the whole thing. It's like, if I'm going to get out and do this full time, I got to replace my Coast Guard income. So probably do that with $20,000 a month. I'm sure. You yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's on, it's off. Right. Yeah, I, so know, I, I know, but yeah, but dude, I mean, even a $5,000 month's insane, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, that's crazy. So I take the good with the bad, you know, but that's, yeah, that's great, man. It's, it seems like, uh, there's a lot of, um, you putting your vision out to the universe and then the universe in return kind of you said you ran into your buddy in your first flip and then you just saw some rando well i guess your neighbor yeah like water in his water in his uh yard with a shirt off and a cigar right like it it seems like you know and the same thing kind of happened to me i'm sure the same thing happens to you uh to you mike as well when you start putting those things out in the world stuff kind of comes to you um and i, I don't know i think that's just, it's just really cool yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. It's funny you said that too, because I, I had aspirations to be on the Bigger Pockets podcast one day. I didn't know how long down the road that was going to take, or even if I, I even get there, right? Um, and then two and a half years later, just filmed the, the podcast. So it's just like you said, man, if you put it out into the world and you're willing to put in a legwork, reach out to people, that's the key. make connections. Cause networking in this space is the most important thing you can do period. And you have the best tool for networking in your hand every day, but people yep. misuse it. 
That is a revenue generating asset. Your cell phone can make you infinitely rich from, from just applying items and skills that you learn through networking and your own knowledge and just building businesses or side hustles. Right. That's, so that's, that part is key right there because for everybody listening to think that any of this process was smooth or quick for you, that's not the case. You no. just said two and a half years later, you said that you listened, you know, in the beginning, you absorbed nine hours of podcasts before ever, you know, considered like, hey, this is a real thing. Yeah. The, the time, the effort, the energy that's put into this, all of us are doing it. So if you think that you're sitting on the couch eating your ho-hos and Twinkies, I don't know what they make these days. I don't know. But anyway, think of that. The real estate <laughs> deals are going to fall into your lap. That's not the case, man. Yeah. You have to put in the work. Um, yep. I do love the fact that you talked about, look, I'm dropping shit over here. Don't worry about that, guys. But uh, I do love the fact that you said um, you put it out into the world. Um, it came it came to, to fruition for you. What is next in your like in your goals or in your pipeline? What do you want to do next? Um, time, family and freedom is my why. Right. So that's that's basically what I'm working towards. I'm I've created more time by streamlining and automating the majority of what I do. Um, I only do so much with the flips. I know how to flip. If I could do it, if I had to do it, I could definitely do it. But I'm okay with putting five hours a week into a, a fix, five, 10 hours a week into a fix and flip company and, and getting a six figure return annually. That's okay with me, right? So I, I've really focused up on hard money. I've now gone from, cause we were getting a lot of leads through bigger pockets. And some of them weren't the criteria that we lend on. So I started brokering commercial and ground up large ground up construction deals now. And we have like 20 or 30 million in the pipe that we're just kind of like working through and getting all the details fixed on those, but dabbling more into the commercial real estate space, uh, commercial lending space. And then um, I think the long, the, the, the more of like the long-term five to 10 year goal is to build affordable housing or even free housing for homeless and disabled veterans. Mm, I love that. I love we, that. we already have like a, a 40 acre plan in place, like, you know, 40, $60,000 container homes that are two ones with the, the kind of peak ceiling and stuff like that on like little eighth acre lots or whatever. So it's, it's there. And, and the cool thing is when I presented this to my, my business partner, he's like, dude, I'll, let me know how I can help. Yep. Like we'll, we'll do it together. So he, he went down to the city and talked to the, the mayor. It was like, hey, we want to do this. Can you allocate us land? Like, it doesn't have to be in, you know, on water, Best the water, yeah, the yeah. waterfront, but just allocate us land and we'll do, we'll, we'll take care of everything else. So it's, it's in the vision. It's, it's working. Um, but the, 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 the kind of shorter, longer term goal, two to five years is a, a large acquisition. So fix and flipping is great. I love short-term capital and, and being able to reinvest it and make that money continue working. Right. Um, right now I'm in a capital building stage. So I want to, you know, half a million to a million liquid. And then I want to take down something that will retire me and I will, I wouldn't have to work. That's, that's the ultimate goal right now. I love it, man. I love the, I love the vision of, of the giving back. We talk a lot about philanthropy and it's not a matter of, um, you know, just being a good person, but it's a matter of if you truly are trying to progress in life, there's always an additional phase. Like once you have enough money in the world, then what, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I love the, the uh, giving back to, you know, building those homes and things for, for veterans. 
I tell your audience too, if you, if enjoy the journey, there was a point where I was just working so much because it, it's crazy in business too. And you guys probably can relate to this a little bit. When you want to turn it on and, 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 and go, you can do that. But if you want to turn it off, you can do that too. I can turn off my lead gen and I don't, I don't have to answer phone calls and I don't have to buy real estate. So I took a month off just to kind of find myself. I was, I was going through a little bit of stress and anxiety from like, you know, being full-time active duty military. And as soon as getting, as soon as I get off work, taking phone calls and clients and, and then keeping up with my flipping company, all this other stuff, like it was really overbearing and I didn't know it until I got burnt out. Um, enjoy the process. I bought a boat. I never thought I would buy a boat because I'm, I'm kind of like a, a frugal person. My wife and I try to save about 80 to 90% of our monthly income. Um, and I was like, dude, what, like, why, why am I doing this? We have enough money. I'm, I'm just going to go buy a boat. I want to, I want to start making, I want to start making memories for us and having in buy, buying a boat brings family together. We're out on the water and having a good time. And I bought a dog. I just bought a dog two weeks ago. And I was like, I always wanted a dog. I didn't know what was holding me back. I always what kind, of, what kind of dog you got? You no, know, he didn't dog buy a dog. You, you bought you bought a rat, man. I'm gonna slap you when I see a person again, bro. I'm gonna go take well, some steroids. Well, you, you, you got you gotta tell him what it is now. You gotta yeah, tell I him. Yeah, I wanna after the show, I'll show it to you. Um yeah, so I just enjoy the journey, man. You know, help other people out when you can. If somebody hits me in my DM and and they're not, hey, can you Tell me how to analyze this deal. No, right. but I'll give you a reference to where you can learn how to analyze your own deals. Right. right? Listen I'll to help, that. I'll Listen help everybody that. I can. You <laughs> like know? The, the thing is respect, respect, uh, you know, it's a respect of your time, right? Yeah. Because you put in the work to learn that stuff. And now yeah. somebody's expecting you to just, just stop it away. what you're doing, right? And then help them do that. It's like, no, you can go to Google like we did. You can go to bigger pockets like we did. Yeah. Now, you know, and it's not a it's it's not it's not Tony being uh it's not him being a dick. It's like guys, like come on, be respectful. Like, do you think that we could just drop what we're doing to to answer the basic question that you can just Google? So to that point, don't think you know Tony's being rude, but he's it's serious. Like get, you know, yeah, pay some respect, man. And if you want a better response out of me, bring me value. Yes, good. Point. Bring me something. I you guys know Ryan Pineda? Mm-hmm. I wholesaled him a Big Bear California Airbnb property nice. through, through Instagram. Nice. My buddy was a wholesaler. He posted a picture of it up on, on his Instagram. I, I knew Ryan was investing in Big Bear. I got the information from him. I forwarded it to Ryan. I, I, I messaged Ryan on Instagram. I said, hey, man, I have a Big Bear Airbnb property and needs a little bit of rehab. I think you would be interested. He said, send me over the details. I brought him value. Yep. I then wholesaled that deal. I only made a thousand bucks, but dude, it was literally forwarding an email. Yep. Right. But there was an opportunity there. I put the pieces together and I reverse wholesaled a, a property to Ryan Pineda. And now I have an open dialogue with him. I'm able to, to message him about different items. And he takes the time to respond to me because I gave him what he wanted now I can get a little bit of value in return and putting your foot in a door with something big, someone big like that is also, they're going to remember who you are. Cause it's not every day. Somebody brings you a deal off of Instagram. Like who's this random guy messaging me, telling me he can, he can wholesale me a 52 unit apartment complex. Just using an example. That'd be, that'd be insane. That'd be, yeah. that'd be great. I'd remember that guy forever. 
Right. Especially if a deal that closes on Instagram. Yep. Some people, you know, some people shopping like that Craigslist shit. Yeah. They'll just be like, yeah. So, think, so you already, yeah, go ahead, Dan, go ahead. No, I think, I think that's an excellent point. Bring other people value first, right? Leading with value. Um, because if you guys listen to, uh, to Tony's story all throughout it, every single big transition point involved, you know, Hey, I brought the capital to the table. I had the credit, I had the money, right? Uh, you met the, you, you met, you at first, you thought he was shady. Uh, Neil, I think his name is, right? Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. You brought the capital to the table. Um, when the the um, on the hard lending side, you went and you, hey, hey, I know bigger pockets, man. I can get you guys introduced this way. And, you know, you brought some value to the table. Every single story you had, every single transition you had, began with you leading with value, right? And, and I think that's paramount in not just partnerships and not just you know building wealth and things like that, but just Honestly, in my opinion, just being a good person, man, being respectable of people's right. time and people's energy, just like uh, uh, Mike said as well. So, yeah, man, I, I think that's uh, super key. I love that you, yeah. you folks uh, honed in on that. Always lead with value, man. So now we're, we're starting to get towards the end of the show here. And usually we ask the next question, what's one piece of advice? You've been dropping a lot. So besides what you've already said, right, what would be, I guess, the next piece of advice you'd give to somebody? who is struggling either getting started or scaling to that next level because you're doing so many things simultaneously. You know, that, that within itself is very difficult. So what piece of advice would you give to them? Um, I, build your knowledge base, get really good at networking. And like I said earlier in the show, take care of your in-house finances because when an opportunity does present itself, you wanna be in a position where you can take action, right? When you're in the early stages of your real estate investing career, you're learning so many different things that you don't know right out of the gate which way you want to go in real estate investing. Some people like long-term buy and hold. Some people like lease to buy options. Some people like commercial. Some people like flipping, right? And I'm sure there's a thousand more different uh, ways to invest in real estate, but you don't know a direction. You have a general idea. But now that you're building all that, that base knowledge up, you're going to start seeing a lot of opportunities present themselves that you can capitalize on. And I would, I would shape your, uh, your Instagram and your Facebook to cater towards real estate investing. Stop clicking on the car pictures, stop clicking on, you know, the, the dog that can bark and speak like a human or whatever. When I get on Facebook, it's not to look at what other people are posting unless it's people I follow that are in the real estate space. And then my Facebook marketplace is all real estate. I host, I reverse wholesale four pieces of land while I was at the gym the other day because I knew a developer client of mine that was buying in that area. I just connected the wholesaler with him and I made $1,000 per lot at a, on a 20-minute workout in the gym because my, my Facebook and my social media was catered towards where I want to go instead of the time suckers. I think that's, we talk about it a lot is just far as how to optimize everything in our lives. And social media is one of those things. You can easily pop up, pop and start scrolling for hours and hours. But if you actually put purpose behind it, social media can make you a shit ton of money. And I love that because it's a yeah. perfect segue. Now that everybody wants to know, hey, how can I partner with you for hard money? Hey, how can I get in on some of them flips? How can people get in touch with you, man? How can we'll they talk. reach out to you? Yeah, got it. <laughs> Um, so I'm mainly focused on Instagram. That's where I've done the majority of my business. 
Um, and it's where I, I, I push the, the best content out for my projects and what I'm doing and whatever kind of like, you know, quotes or anything I can do to have like boost mindset. Right. Um, Tony Michael REI on, uh, on Instagram, um, you know, shoot me a follow. I have a, a link tree there with all my resources and stuff. If you need any kind of, you know, tips and tricks about calculators or, you know, how to find certain deals we're, we're doing a huge marketing campaign through uh, ballpoint marketing right now off of PropStream. I pulled a list from PropStream. I'm in a, a kind of private um, test mastermind group for a certain piece of mailer. And dude, I sent a box of 600 mailers and I got 14 responses on them. And one of those deals is going to make me $800,000. Yeah. Damn. We're negotiating today. So if you need help with, with, with certain stuff like that, I'll, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be in my Instagram. That's a, that's a good, you know, all right. So y'all need to take him up on that because I just did the math real quick. I'm a, I'm a math guy, but you said 14 responses out of 600 leads. That's about a 2.3% um, conversion rate guys, which is high for cold uh, mailers. Mailers yeah. are typically going to be 1% or less. So whatever the hell script he sent out, you guys need to reach out to him for that for sure. Yeah. But that's about it, man. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel. I'm really focused. When I get out of the Coast Guard, I'll start focusing on putting out a little bit more content when I can actually get to my properties and 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 do videos and I have time for that. But um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Man, we appreciate Absolutely. you, man. You just like everything from the relationships to the, you know, to the going, betting people and actually getting into what hard money how you can get into hard money. Absolutely loved it, man. It was an excellent, excellent episode. Um, so uh, just wrapping up, I guess, finally wrapping up, right? Like actually finishing the touches. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, make sure to leave us a like, man. Uh, at least uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification. We appreciate all those. Leave us a comment. I'm sure uh, Tony will be down there. can answer some questions if, uh, if needed. Uh, make sure you, um, if you're listening to this on podcast, do us a favor, leave us a review. We appreciate those as well. And uh, we have a Facebook group with uh, some other, some service members um, in the group uh, talking real estate and helping each other uh, build wealth and grow cash flow together, military cash flow. Um, so go ahead and join the group, man. We'd really appreciate that as well. Um, and with that said, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glasby. Signing off. <laughs>